Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the mini break. Your date podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, April 27th. On today's show, I want to break down what I thought was a relatively uneventful day of action in Madrid. Yes, there were seeds upset with the start of the second round of women's singles action, and certainly I thought we had plenty of exciting tennis for us to discuss here on today's show, but was I surprised by anything that unfolded on Thursday? More broadly, I'm going to make the case on today's show for why the answer to that question is no. Of course, I want to break down all All of the results we saw in both the men's and women's singles draws on Thursday. Yes, again, there were a few upsets on the day. Certainly to see Petra Kvitova knocked out in straight sets was not something I expected. That said, I've talked frequently on this show about the power of Julie Niemeyer, and we saw that power on display once again in her round of 64 victory over the 10th seed, of course. Again, there were a couple of upsets. Whether it be seeds like Kavitova, Vekic, Kostyuk, they were formally upset on the day. You also had, I thought, matches I would categorize at as upsets. Certainly, I was buying stock in Karolina Mukova, in Marketa Vandrusova. Both of them knocked out on the day. I want to talk about each of those matches and, again, break down everything that happened in the women's singles draw. On the men's side, of course, we're a day behind. Still first-round singles play. Still waiting for the seeds at this Madrid event to get underway. That said, still plenty of entertaining results to discuss from the day, whether it be what was, you know, I guess a shirt-removing sort of match for Bernabe Zapata Morales, his three-set victory over Mackie McDonald. Obviously, a disappointing day for Andy Murray fans as he's knocked off in straight sets by Vavasor. We can talk a little bit about that. Most impressive men's performance on the day. It's a vi- uh, two guys vying for that title, either Dominic Team or Jan Leonard Struve. I thought each was Excellent in their victories on Thursday. I want to break down both of those matches again. Talk about everything that happened in singles on the day, on Thursday, I should say, in Madrid here on today's show. Of course, the reason we're able to do that day in, day out here on this podcast is because of the support we get from all of you. And if you tennis fans are looking for additional content to fill your tennis needs, we've got you covered here at Crack Rackets. We're breaking down Everything that happens in the Division One college tennis world over on our Great Shot podcast feed. We also, of course, break down all of the challenger action. So 
if you're looking for the next Cam Norrie, the next Danielle Collins, the next Ben Shelton, the next Jen Brady, Peyton Stearns, Emma Navarro, you can find them all competing in the current Division I college tennis world. You can hear about who those players might be by ch- tuning in each and every week to our episodes of The Deciding Point on that Great Shot podcast feed. Of course, if you want to hear from some of those players, some of those actors across the levels in the tennis world, head on over to our Cracked Interviews podcast feed. I've spoken with Abby Forbes, Simon Earnshaw, Peyton Stearns, Jason Jung, Jan Leonard Struff, and so many others. You can find them all, again, on that Cracked Interviews podcast feed wherever you listen to your shows or on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Always appreciate those of you who do take the time to like, rate, subscribe, review. I like to have fun when those of you listening to the podcast do leave me a fun review to to play with. So of course, feel free to do that. I'm most likely to read it if you leave that review on Apple Podcasts or you tweet at us at Cracked Rackets at A.L. Gruskin. Follow us, of course, on all the social media platforms to ensure you don't miss anything. Of course, a shout out as well before we get going to the support we get from our dear friends at Tennis Point. They offer the best equipment at the best prices. And with the turning of the seasons, it's officially springtime across the United States. Now's that time to update your gear. New racket, new strings, new shoes, new clothes, whatever you may need. Our friends at Tennis Point got you covered. Make sure you use our promo code CR15 at purchase. Not only will it let them know we sent you there, you'll get 15% off all sale items. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Tennis-Point. Symbol, not the spelling. Tennis-Point.com. The promo code is CR15. All right. Let's start with day three action, technically, for the women's singles draw in Madrid. Of course, we saw day three for the women, day two for the men unfold simultaneously on the grounds in Madrid. And what a joy it is to have so many of the top players of the world competing simultaneously. There's always something to watch this week as a tennis fan, and whether you use Tennis TV, whether you use Tennis Channel, TC+, Plus, as I recommend all of you do, as we, as a member of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, appreciate all the support so many of you tennis fans do show to the mothership that is Tennis Channel. There's just always something, whether it be singles, whether it be even really, excuse me, good doubles action, it's a fun event in Madrid. Of course, the early days are always jam-packed with action. It's hard to follow everything. That's what we're here to do for you. So with that said, let's run through our day three women's singles results. Again, seeds upset on the day. I don't know how many of them are shocking. Yes, Petra Kvitova losing in straight sets to Julie Niemeyer. Maybe not something we all would have chalked up. That said, for Petra Kvitova, who, of course, is coming off of a title in Miami, she's still getting her clay court season going, right? This is her first clay court match of the year. She's had success in Madrid in the past. You can understand why the altitude, her ball, the pace she plays with, flying through that court. Certainly, she had untouchable moments, right? The 4-5, 30-40 forehand down the line winner to fight off set point in set number one. She fought off six set points in set number one. She was down 6-3 in that opening set breaker as well after fighting off set points in her 4-5 service game. 
I don't think Kvitova played poorly. I just thought Niemeyer was relentless and did an exceptional job of doing two things. One, taking away the Petra Kvitova slice serve out wide. Yes, there were times when Kvitova could hit the slice out wide on the ad, open up the first forehand to the open court. Petra Kvitova is Petra Kvitova. And when she strikes that serve perfectly, no matter how well you hit the return, she's going to have a look at a plus one shot. But Niemeyer provided constant pressure on that return of serve. And again, the pace Niemeyer is capable of playing with when she has a little bit more time. There's a reason we've seen over the last 52 weeks Niemeyer make the fourth round of the U.S. Open, make the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. She has... Doesn't matter what my opponent is doing, I can disrupt you sort of power. And, you know, again, you look for Julie Niemeyer, it was a slow start, no doubt, to her 2023 season. She's 5-12 and 12 overall. She's had um, consecutive loss streaks of four to start the season, although I'd point out those four losses, Boshkova, Keys, Pliskva, Sviantek. So no shame in any of those losses. She did have a six-match Deficit as well from her second round loss in Linz all the way through the start of Charleston. Tough draw for her in an advantageous conditions in Stuttgart as she drew Rabakina round number one. And that was just kind of pace first pace. But, you know, again, I would say these are ideal conditions with the ball flying the way it does in Madrid with this clay I don't know. It just seems a little less thick. It seems a little thinner, a little more skittish, a little green clayish, dare I say. And you saw Niemeyer's power on display, the composure to drop your first six set points, come through in the seventh on serve. Yes, a let cord provides her that seventh set point opportunity, but plenty of let cords going both way. And then she kept the power up in set number two. She does a great job of mixing things in, uh, mixing up that pace, not just with her Again, that pace is relentless from the baseline, but she did a great job mixing in the drop shot as well to just keep Kvitova off center. Kvitova had no rhythm. It's a much-needed victory for Julie Niemeyer. Again, just her fifth of the season. She's currently 67th in the rankings, but look, has a ton of points coming up to defend. Had a really good year on the clay last year. Won a 60K title, made the semis of a 100K, made uh, won a 125K title right after the French Open, and she got through qualifying to get to the main draw of the French Open. Obviously, Wimbledon quarterfinal. U.S. Open fourth round points to defend later on in the summer. It's a critical stretch for Nehemiah, and she gets things going with this victory over Kvitova. Again, keep an eye on the soon-to-be, or I suppose end of August. So not soon-to-be. Currently 23, turns 24 this year. The power is real. The movement continues to come along. Uh, again, the gumption was on display. If you're going to say there was a surprising or shocking upset on the day, that's probably the one. But if you watch the tennis Niemeyer was playing, she deserved to win that match. She was the better player, in my opinion, from start to finish. Kvitova, the highest seed upset on the day. You also had 15-year-old Mira Andreva continues this spectacular run. This time it's six and three over Beatrice Haddad Maya. Here's the thing. Haddad Maya struggled a little bit with her health, with her form of late. That said, I mean, credit to the 15-year-old Andreva. And if you look at what Andreva has done this season, again, 15 years old, turned 16 in two days. She's delivered herself a gift. And my younger brother was born April 25th, 02. She's born April 29th, 07. God, I feel old. 15 years old, soon to be 16. She's 37 and 5 
in her last 52 weeks. 37 and 5. Multiple 25K titles, multiple 60K titles. You look at what she's done here in 2023, 15-0 to start her season. She wins two 60Ks, beats Fiona Farrow in a three-set final on clay in a 60K. Farrow, a former top 50 player in the world, 3-4 and four over Fernandez, 6-3 and three over Haddad Maya. Mira Andriva, you have our attention. And you look for an Andriva now, obviously the youngest player uh, inside the top 200 of the WTA rankings. She's worked her way all the way up to number 164. Believe she's got an older six sister, Erica, who's 116 in the rankings. Move over, Fruvertovas. The Andrivas are coming. Like, it's just remarkable. And again, it's a David King conversation we got to have about the Andrivas, about the Fruvertovas, about just the run of sisters we have coming up the rankings right now. I love it. And, you know, again, watching Andriva play throughout the course of this week, you know, the first serve is real pop. Her ability to drive through the ball is already real. And, Again, I'm speaking in platitudes because I've only watched her play twice. I watched the Fernandez match. Obviously, you had to watch the Haddad Maya match following that Hernandez match and seeing what she's done on the ITF circuit. I mean, look, next up, Magda Lynette, who's going to push her physically. I'm really excited to see that. But man, if you give Andriva time, the firepower is just real. And she's done it on hard courts now. She's done it on clay courts now. She is catapulting up the rankings. 15-0 start to her season. She's been 15 years old when she's played all 15 of those matches. First, obviously, top 20 victory of her career. She's top 100 in the points race, currently sitting, I believe, at number 90. Nope, that's her sister, Erica Andriva's at 92. Mira's at 144. 15. 15. Unbelievable. Just, again, Mira Andriva is the story of the week. I will make a deal with you. On tomorrow's show, I will do a full tactical breakdown because, or the next time she plays, excuse me, because three matches is a big, not a big enough sample size, but watching three closely enough, I will feel comfortable doing a full tactical breakdown, giving you all my thoughts. So let's save that for the next show. I guess that's a little surprising, but man, again, 15 and 0, like we talked about it last time. She's the story of the week, no doubt about that. You look at the other upsets, you know, again, Rebecca Masarova, 6176 over Donna Vekic. Masarova on this surface, just so fluid. Vekic clearly still looking to find her form. Didn't look entirely comfortable moving in the corners. Just wasn't quite ready for the grind and the weapons that Masarova provided. Again, that says more about Masarova on this surface than the upset of Vekic, uh, than it does about Vekic, in my opinion. Kalanina knocked out by Meyer Sharif. Sharif who's been dominant at the 125 level, but was in desperate need of a top 50 win, gets it. Um, Again, it's good stuff from Sharif, who that forehand's a weapon and, again, moves around really, really well on this surface. I believe those were – oh, and then the last seed, again, this was a really fun match. How about Kami Osorio, who has not played particularly well, no doubt, to start this 2023 season, you look uh, for Kami Osorio overall. She, you know, made the semifinal in Lyon back at the end of January. I forgot she was out with injuries. That's what it was. And so, you know, again, she's playing her first match since the end of February. 
get to win over Burrell, straight sets round number one. You could see the joy on her face, and this explains it far much uh, much more given how how much time she's missed with injuries. She's missed like six weeks, eight weeks. Makes sense why she was so emotional earning this three-set come from behind, 3-6-6-4-6-3 win over Marta Kostyuk. And look, Soria played great offense on this surface, takes that forehand and moves it so well around the court. She moves in well behind it. She mixes in the drop shots. She slides into her ball. Do I think she's the most explosive mover? No. Do I think she's really fluid on this surface in particular? Yes. It's, again, how well she spreads the court, the litany of things she can do she just you know Kostyuk's line drive power was better there were times when Kostyuk was inside almost the service line taking returns of serve on the rise down the line for winners particularly down the home stretch of that first set but again the creativity of Osorio she's healthy now you look at this win now for Kami she's currently sitting where number 101 in the live rankings that's too low for the 21 year old now she gets the big test, obviously, in Arena Sabalenka, who cruised. I know it was 4-3, and three, but she it was never in doubt. And that's a nice little revenge win, given Kirstea got her in Miami. But anyone waiting for the Sabalenka letdown, again, it's yet to happen here this season. I don't know if Osorio physically, again, how much will she have left in the tank? What will she do, particularly with that return uh, with her serve to disrupt the rhythm of Sabalenka? It's going to be really, really difficult. But you could say that about everyone. Still, a really good win for Kami Osorio, uh, three sets over Kostyuk. Again, to rapid fire through the other results before we move to the men's side, Sabalenka cruised. Shelby Rogers hitting the cover off the ball in this altitude. God, is it difficult to deal with two and two over Anna Bogden. Garcia, front foot from the start. Again, her serve flies through this air. She's just on her front foot all the time. Three and four over Putin Seva. Same with Samsonova. Gets a much needed win. And if she can't get her game rolling in these conditions, where's it going to happen? Two and three over Zanevska, who couldn't hurt her. You had Ostapenko. Same deal. Oh, she looked good. Oh, and three over Fruvertova. Goff straight set. Sakari straight set winner as well. The three set winners of uh, oh and uh, you know the three set winners and then the one interesting one last three seeds here Paula Bedosa three four thirty forty third set on the run forehand winner to fight off the break point that saved her match six four in the third I mean again I thought Bedosa played extraordinarily well I, I I thought she was or not extraordinarily well but given she nicked up her calf early in that third set I thought she played aggressive Cochiaretto. I mean, again, her forehand flies through the court. That ball was sitting up for her to kind of smack down on and smack through. There are times when you don't even want to play through her backhand, and certainly the forehand's the more volatile side, and that was the side Bedosa attacked down the home stretch. But again, given she dinged up her calf, you could see just mentally what it meant for her to get through that one. Good win for Bedosa. Good win for Magda Lynette, 6-4 in the third over Vondrosova. That was top 25 tennis. I mean, again, you keep waiting for Vondrosova to get that signature win, get that signature run, because I think she is that good. Uh, I think she should be a top 25 player right now, but credit to Magda Lynette riding the wave. Again, has been one of the fun stories of this season. And then credit to Bagoo needed this win. It's, you know, 500 ball to start her season, 4-5 and five over Mukova. Everything I just said about Mukova, uh, Vondrusova, you could say about Mukova. I keep waiting 
for that signature win to come. Thus far, it still hasn't. Still, I thought a good day, certainly, uh, uh, on the women's side. Yeah, I guess in the end, were the Vekic wins, the Andriva wins, surprising. Yes, shocking. Uh, the Vekic wins, excuse me. The Nehemiah and Andriva wins. Surprising, yes. Shocking. Mm, I don't know. I, I, uh, I no, I'm going to stay no. I'm going to stick to my guns here. Now, certainly, by the way, storylines, results, and controversies, one of the biggest controversies from the day, Jeannie Bouchard, the success she has against you know players who use PEDs in Madrid. I saw the tweet. We said we want more smack talk. That is smack talk. That is gumption. I know she ultimately ended up deleting it, but mm, was it juicy? Best matches of the day tomorrow. As you look at the women's singles draw, I would say certainly Kalinskaya, Rabakina, fun contrast of styles. Rabakina will be on her front foot. These are conditions that should be advantageous to her. But I'm telling you, Kalinskaya, just physically well-rounded player, makes you work. I think that's going to be a fun match. I think Boshkova-Sasnovich, excuse me, that's going to get physical. How healthy is Andrescu tomorrow? That's a question we'll get answered. Do you like first strike? How about McNally versus Junction Wen? Those are two young players who I think are going to be really good for a really long time. The cliche pick would be Kasatkina, Pavlochenkova. I mean, again, I just I don't trust either of their forms right now. And then, yeah, Bouchard-Trevisan, given the pre-match hype from the tweet we saw today. That will certainly be one to watch. It's going to be a fun day of action in the women's singles draw tomorrow. And, of course, Iga gets her play underway. We'll see how the world number one performs. That's everything from the women's singles draw on day three. Let's now talk about the men's singles draw again. Technically day two for the men, given that staggered start. I mean, not a ton of three-set matches on the day. In fact, there were only two in, or excuse me, three in, with all due respect, like Chris O'Connell's three-set win over Philip Krajinovich. Was it physical? Yes. Was it fun? Yes. Will it ultimately impact the final result we see here in Madrid? I don't think so. Um, I thought it was surprising to see Roman Sefillin three sets over Nicolas Yari, and do I think that's going to ultimately impact what we see unfold in the final? No, but I did expect Yari to get through that match. And, you know, now I, I thought Yari could absolutely upset Tommy Paul as well. And now, again, the physicality of Sefil and Paul in the round of 64, that's going to be really fun. But, again, disappointing loss for Yari given the altitude, given his serve. Very impressive win for Sefillin. I mean, the fun one was the physicality of Mackie and Zapata Morales. Mackie comes up with a couple of unbelievable passing shots. This ridiculous full sprint down the line hook shot on the run forehand to earn his second match point in his uh, 5-4 return game in that third set. Zapata Morales just got chippy. It got loud. I mean, Zapata Morales pancakes his forehand. It's like an Eastern grip. Somehow it works. Mackey looked good on the clay. He's just much more comfortable sliding into the ball. He's always been fluid, but never comfortable. He looks comfortable now. Still, on this surface, this is where Zapata Morales has to get wins like this. It's a very impressive win for a guy who, again, no one will want to see round number one of the 2023 French Open. 
The disappointment of the day if you're an Andy Murray fan, 6-2-7-6 loss to Vavasori. Now, that's a very good win for Vavasori, who's now up to a new career-high 141 in the live rankings. Not too shabby for the 27-year-old Italian. Murray couldn't hurt him. Murray couldn't hit through this court. I mean, it was just so difficult. And obviously, what was it? 7-all, backhand volley, cozied in the net. All he has to do is get that over. He wins the point. He misses the drop volley. He then misses the low forehand volley on the match point. It's a very makeable, though tough volley. Yeah, those are the standout errors. But throughout the course of the match, other than coming into the net, it was just so difficult from the baseline to Murray for Murray to generate any sort of offense. And as such, Vavasori was just swinging freely from the forehand. Did he get tight at times? Yeah, from 5-1 up. Should have closed that match a million times. Series up a breath, set and a break. A set and what? 4-3 in this match. Wasn't able to do so. Uh, wasn't able to close it out simply, but is able to close it out. Again, Tough start for Murray on clay. Just how difficult it is that backhand is sitting up. The forehand, uh, the forehand sitting up. Excuse me, the backhand going nowhere. Early, it's one surface. Again, seeing Murray on court's the real victory. Got to keep that perspective. But yeah, it's it's weird to just see that ball sit up the way that it did. Vavasori, very impressive, but disappointing loss certainly for Murray. Again, everything else was straight sets to roll through it. Karatsev, I mean, again, when he's fit, wherever his brain is right now, Aslan Karatsev, 113 in the world, he is better than that. Uh, gets a first-round victory. Uh, straight sets over Laszlo Jura. Always a tough clay court match, and 6-5 and five reflected that. Chechenato, former French Open semifinalist, 6-3 and three win over Fucevic. Again, very physical, very fun match. You had Christian Green in that Daniil Medvedev quarter. I named him yesterday as a guy who I think could absolutely go on a run, given his section of the draw. He gets a straight set win. Uh, uh, excuse me, Kashin, straight sets over Abdullah Shelby, Watanuki, Jung, straight set winners, Echeverry, the Houston finalist, straight set win over Manorino, he's a guy to watch for, Shevchenko, a guy we spoke with in Phoenix, continues to capitalize on his top 100 form, is just far more comfortable gliding around the court, and boy, does he have some weapons, 4-4 four four for him over J.J. Wolf, little NCAA tennis, college tennis, crime on crime, Garon, straight sets over Nuno Borges, you'd think that's a match Borges is favored on given the surface, but I'm telling you, I think Marcos Garon, 30 years old, I believe, he's played the best tennis of his career, in my opinion. Yeah, Garon, 29 years old, excuse me, 56 in the world. Do you look for Marcos here? I mean, again, does he have a signature, signature run? No. Second round of Indian Wells, I believe he reached, yeah, lost three sets first round in Miami, you know. You look for him since then uh, in Houston. He ends up losing second round to Mychak, uh, uh, excuse me, you know, in uh, what he made quarterfinals, losing to Botic a couple of weeks ago. And yet it's just an eye test thing. There's a physicality. There's a comfort level in his game. I think he's playing good ball. It's an eye t- Again, eye test thing. I'm excited to watch him play Baez tomorrow. Last two, my two most impressive performers of the day. Shout out to Jan Leonard Struff, man. He is just riding the wave. And obviously, Struff, the massive run in Monte Carlo a few weeks ago, making the quarterfinals there, beating Rude, beating Demonauer, beating Rusevori and Juan Pablo Varias, which are two good wins in qualifying. He made semifinals in Phoenix, where we spoke to him back at the start of March as well. I mean, he's just hitting the cover off the ball. 
he's moving comfortably. And when you play big, you got to be confident. He is confident right now. I mean, what? Unbroken against Lorenzo Sanego, despite making just 47% of his first serves. He won 82% of his first serve points. The serve and volley on this surface, so difficult to deal with. The weight of his shot, so difficult to deal with. And again, he's comfortable in the corners right now. Sanego would hit the big forehand. Struve could absorb it because he's so strong. He could dish some back as well. We've always been Jan Leonard Struve fans here on the Mini Break Podcast here at Cracked Rackets, I should say more broadly, even before we had the Mini Break back in the GSP days with Matty Stacks. It's a good run for Struve. It's a really good win. And you look for Jan Leonard Struve outside the top 100 not that long ago, the 33-year-old back up to number 59 it's a new ball game for him the rest of this season. He's going to make some serious money here at age 33. Really, really well done by Struff, and then really well done by Dominic Team. 6-4-6-1 win over Kyle Edmund. He's just hitting the ball. It, like, just the follow-through is more explosive. The fitness is another level. He's moving better, and it helps to be back on the clay, but he's just moving better for longer throughout the course of matches, and because of he has a little bit more time, the backswing is lethal. It just feels like he's more comfortable swinging his racket at full speed again and not afraid that that ball is going to go flying on him. The short angle backhand cross-court pass he hit. He goes up an early break 2-1. Uh, Edmund gets a break point chance back. Team fights it off on 30-40 with a beautiful short angle backhand drive pass. He just looked – that was the most – again, every time I've seen him of late, he looks more and more like himself. I think today's when he looked the most like himself I've seen. And obviously, he's got the massive test coming up against Tsitsipas in the next round. That will be the ultimate litmus test, but he looked really good in his 4-1 victory. He never took his foot off the gas pedal, so 4-1 win uh, for Dominic Team. He advances. I know that's a little bit less on the men's side, but obviously – Again, that was first round of action. Bunch of seeds get underway tomorrow. Bunch of fun matches. Biggest names, Rublev versus Wawrinka. It's a lot of big hitting. Uh, obviously, Wawrinka has the gumption, has the weapons to take it to Rublev. But a couple days off for Rublev wins Monte Carlo. Finals last week. He's on a roll. That's a fun match in name. Munar Greek Spore for the nerds. That one's going to get physical. Bublik Runa. That one's going to get emotional. Uh, two guys I'm most interested in. I would say, A, Sebastian Corda making his return to the court. I thought he was one of the 10 best players in the month of January with what I saw with my eyes. Certainly the results. Finals week one, beating Medvedev at the Australian Open. He takes on Hugo Grenier. It's a very winnable match. How healthy is he? Let's find out. Musetti Hanfman for the nerds, one, the kick serve of Hanfman to that one-handed backhand. Um, no, but again, more than that, I, I would say Zverev Karbeis Baena because Zverev did not look good uh, last week in Munich, obviously losing to O'Connell. Last year, he was one of the five best players on clay courts in the world, and obviously he's coming off of a major injury, but he's a guy who can factor not just here in Madrid, but at the 2021, uh, 2023 French Open again. His ball should fly through this surface in an advantageous way. He's He's got a tough match. A, a guy who won a title not too long ago in Roberto Carbeas Baena a couple weeks ago, right, is when he won that title. I'm watching – was that last week? I don't think it was last week. I think it was a couple of weeks. I, who knows at this point? It might have been last week. Here's the point. I'm watching for it. 
And I'm watching for all of this on Friday. I think it's going to be a fun day across uh, the ATP and WTA tours in Madrid. Of course, you've also got a bunch of challenger action. I know the French Open wildcard challenge is heating up in Savannah. You've got Big Ten tournament, Pac-12 tournament in the college world. Nebraska playing for their NCAA tournament lives tomorrow in Bloomington. They're taking on Illinois. I'm excited. I'm going to both West Lafayette for the Purdue site, 9 a.m. Michigan women play. I know 1.30, the Michigan men play Michigan State. My guy, Harry Jaden, the head coach for Michigan State. So, of course, I'm looking forward to that one, even if it'll be mixed emotions. It's going to be a busy weekend in the tennis world. We'll keep you covered here on the Mini Break Podcast on everything that happens. Although, for what it's worth, I'm going to Philly on Saturday to celebrate my younger brother's 21st birthday. So, if there's not a podcast on Saturday or Sunday, that will be the reason why. That said, we'll keep you covered on everything happening across levels in the tennis world here at Crack Rackets. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Tennis Point for their support. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. With that said, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.